Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Lose the Cape Podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 49. That means we're almost at 50. Yay! I am really excited to finally hit 50, and you guys have to make sure that you check it out next week because we have a great giveaway going on. Um, all kinds of fun stuff that we will be giving away to our listeners. So come back for episode 50, which will air on Wednesday. Uh, today's the 16th, so Wednesday the 18th. So today is January 16th. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, I'm sure most of you are home with your kids, and hopefully you're catching up on podcast episodes, right? Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to talk about a couple of things before we get into our interview with Tracy. First of all, uh, this episode is sponsored by uh, Sam Rogers at Eating Clean, Cooking Dirty. And you can find the link um, to on my website to a free trial at Eating Clean, Cooking Dirty. And I want to talk about this because today is actually week two of or the end of week two of the whole 30 challenge that I have been doing with Sam through her eating clean cooking dirty what she does is each week she prepares what is just the perfect thing for someone like me who gets very overwhelmed by meal planning and all of that jazz right so each uh, about Friday she sends out the next week's meals it has an organized list of um all the ingredients that you need by category, so it's easy to go do your grocery shopping. It has all of your meal prep steps listed out step by step by step, and it has all of the day of um, activities as well. So on Saturdays or Sundays, I go do my grocery shopping, and um, and then now I do wind up doing between two and three hours of food prep on Sundays, but I found a way to make it a lot of fun. I turn on my music when I'm not doing whole 30 I have a glass of wine and I just it's time that I just take for myself and I prepare all those meals and let me tell you that two and a half or three hours pays off because the rest of the week I already have my food stocked my fridge stocked my meals planned out my meals basically ready to just reheat uh, sometimes depending on the recipe sometimes you cook the whole thing but they're usually fairly simple recipes where it's just a matter of popping something in the oven or uh, something like that but it has made such a big difference for me now whole 30 what is whole 30 a lot of people ask so whole 30 is basically, um, only eating things that are absolutely natural, 
clean foods. So there's no bad carbs, no flours, no grains, no sugar, no alcohol, no dairy, no processed anything. If it didn't come straight from God, basically, it's uh, not allowed. So we eat fresh fruits and fresh vegetables vegetables and nuts and uh, meats and healthy fats like avocados, olive oil, coconut oil. And Sam has done such a great job with the menus. I am full every day. I feel satisfied. We're eating really great things. I've got my kids eating far more vegetables than they were eating before. Um, And it's just been a fantastic experience. I'm down 10 pounds already in two weeks. I feel amazing. My energy is back. People keep telling me my skin looks amazing. Um, oh, the energy. I'm so happy to have the energy. I can't even tell you. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a good deal for me. And there's still two weeks left of the program, so you can still sign up for free for the um, Whole30 and get all of the um, thing and just join in, start now, and do the next 30 days um, with us. But uh, we have a support group. It's a great place where we share our victories and our challenges and recipes and recipe fails and all kinds of stuff. And um, Sam does lives in there and teaches us how to make the things that she's put on our list to cook. And it's just, it's fantastic. So if you are looking for one, a better way to eat clean, you don't always have to do Whole30. She does clean eating, one at 100% paleo and one at 80% clean eating um, options. So if you're just looking for a place to find better options to find a good place to guide you through meal prep and planning and all the other resources that Sam has to offer. I encourage you to hop on over to our website, losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 49 and click on the link to eating clean, cooking dirty. So with all of that being said, thanks Sam so much for truly changing my life. Um, truly. And I hope to continue down this path and to continue being healthy like this. And now we will move on with our interview with Tracy Babbler, who runs Lou and Bean Podcast. And we're going to talk all about that and talking about kids' books and um, talking about raising kids and having kids with social anxiety and introverts and all kinds of good stuff. We really talked all over the place in this interview, but I'm sure you will enjoy it. This morning, I am really happy to interview a Facebook friend and fellow Boss Mom Academy member, Tracy Babbler. She is also a writer, yay writers, and a podcaster, yay podcasters, a fundraiser, grandma nerd, storyteller, and she has two little girls. I do. Um, Yes. She works with nonprofits and small businesses, which I'm anxious to talk about since I run a little fledgling (laughs) nonprofit. And... um, has her own freelance business writing writing business on top of all of that as well. So thank you for being here today. I can't talk, wait to talk about all of your different endeavors. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. It is always fun to have another podcaster on there because you're just a little more relaxed and, you know, ready to roll with it. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting more comfortable. I find that, you know, I've so I've, we've only done 15 episodes of our podcast. So as I That's practice, good since it's, you just started in April. Yeah, yeah. We're putting them out as fast as we can. That's awesome. Yeah, um, this is our, uh, well, we will publish our 35th one next week. And um, I've been doing this for two years. So as you can see, I'm at a much slower rate. <laughs> well, I'm trying to be like super intentional about it because I know if I don't hold myself to a schedule, mm. I will just fall off. 
that's exactly what happened with us. I was like, this is such a great idea. And then I realized how much work it was. And I was like, mm. it's a lot of work. It's a yes. lot of work. And I podcast with my two daughters who are six and four. Wow. So they're my co-hosts. And so they will just go on saying crazy things. And then I have to spend like four hours editing each episode. <laughs> Yes, that's a benefit with um, working with adults is that the editing is not horrific. Although I did notice yesterday when I was listening to the playback of the one we published um, with Tanuja Beer that um, I completely forgot to edit out a whole section when my daughter came upstairs and was asking me if she could have something and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know what? We recorded it over the summer. The kids were home. This is yeah. life as a mom, working mom at home with kids home, right? It's real life. So we, on our podcast, we, um, we interview authors uh-huh. and then my daughters will just say things like, they're, they're, they're interviewing like nationally known authors and they'll say things like, um, would you like to be dismissed now or should we just hang up on you? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and it's so embarrassing, but luckily the authors are all children's authors and they seem to handle it really well. <laughs> That's awesome. So my girls are six and four as well, so I can completely appreciate what stage and what types of things come out of their mouths. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. so funny. And they're starting to think they're celebrities. Even though like a thousand people a month listen to our podcast. Hey. So they think they're the famous ones. That is pretty famous though for little ones. It is. That's so funny. Well, let's back up just a little bit. We kind of like jumped right in there. (laughs) Probably because we were having such a great chat ahead of time. Um, So let's start back with where you are and how you got to be doing all of this stuff because I got to ask are you still working full-time outside of the home so I'm self-employed so I work at home and what happened was I um so I live in Minneapolis I um sort of have a really strange combination of degrees (laughs) I got a I got undergrad degrees in marketing international business and Spanish and I studied abroad in Venezuela and my whole goal was to live and work abroad And then when I started interviewing for jobs as a young college grad, I just, I just didn't feel like I was like, it wasn't meshing with my values, the the sort of conversations I was having with um, the companies I was interviewing with. And so I went into nonprofit work and I sort of applied all that I had learned as in the business, in my business training to nonprofits, because there's a lot of similarities, although it's not really the same. Right. So I got into the fundraising and communications for nonprofits, um, which kind of helped me use my marketing background. Um, and so I did that for like 12 years. And then when I had my daughter, my first daughter, she's uh, six, her name is Adeline. I was working part time. And I was just finding that to be in charge of communications and fundraising for a nonprofit, um, all of the strategy, all of the daily implementation, all of the planning in part time was totally untenable. I just was overwhelmed. I was really like putting out fires every day was the best I could do. Yeah. So um, then I started my own business. So I work at home. I have my, um, we live two blocks away from school. My daughter, I walk my daughter to school every day. My younger daughter, who's four, her name is Maxine. She's in preschool, so I get to drive her to school every day and pick her up every day. Um, So I'm at home, but I'm doing the same thing I always did. 
I'm working on contract with nonprofits and, and occasionally small businesses, but primarily nonprofits who work on racial and economic justice issues. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'll bet there's a lot going on in that area right now. There is. And in Minneapolis in particular, we have a we have a really strong nonprofit sector here. Uh, there's a lot of nonprofits. We have a lot of support and financial investment in nonprofits, but we still have really um, poor outcomes for people of color and kids of color. There's huge racial disparities here. Um, and that's become, that's always been a problem. And that yeah. is just a human rights issue and a, you know, a social justice issue. But as we diversify, you know, we're not, we're not a white state anymore. Right. Um, it's become even more impo- important. Yeah. Wow. That's super interesting. Yeah. So I, um, I, I don't even know if you could offer me any tips, but I have, <laughs> I have a very, very small one person. Well, I have my board, of course, because you have to have your board. You have to have a board, yep. But um, a very, very small nonprofit that um, supports grieving parents, mm-hmm. specifically grieving mothers. So um, do you have any tips on fundraising activities for a very, very, very small nonprofit? Well, you know, what I primarily specialize in is grant seeking. Mm. So usually in, I I don't know, you're in South Carolina, is that right? Yep. So we're in Minnesota and we have um, two resources available to us. There's a Minnesota Council of Nonprofits and there's a Minnesota Council on Foundations. And they are both really good at providing resources to um, nonprofit organizations about how to find funding sources that would match your work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in most states there are associations like that that you can tap into for knowledge and, and even classes on how to do grant seeking. Um, but for your type of work, I think individuals would be a great source of funding, you know, going after individual donations because there are so many people who've been touched um, by the experiences that you've had in your life um, you know, people, mothers who have lost children and mothers who have miscarried. Um, those are people who can be touched by, you know, just a really simple ask. Sure. Um, email and, asks and online asks and yeah. personal asks are the great, yeah. great way to go. And that's been the entire way that I've done it for the last three years is just by reaching out and asking people. But um, I'm trying to get away from that. I feel like people see me and they run because I'm the person that – uh, ask them for money. Like I was joking with somebody. I saw something on Facebook one day and it was like, if you wore a t-shirt and it were to um, describe you in like one sentence, what would your t-shirt say? And I was like, look out, I'm going to ask you for money. <laughs> You've been warned. <laughs> well, you know what they say, like the old fundraising adage is um, that churches do the best raising yeah. money because yeah, they, they ask you, you, you every week. Yeah. <laughs> they tell you how much you're going to give and they ask you every week. Uh-huh. And then they ask you for a bunch of stuff on top of that. So, um, yeah, exactly. asking a lot is really, truly the best strategy. Yeah, that's, that's true. Making that personal connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then when did you decide that you wanted to add a freelance writing business on top of, on top of all of that? And, and, and to what extent are you freelance writing? Well, you know, what's funny is I actually call my nonprofit work. I call that my freelance writing and I made a really intentional choice about that because when I first started out, everyone was calling me a consultant. Mm -hmm. 
And I, that kind of got me into a space where I didn't want to be in. Um, because I, first of all, don't, I don't think any outsider can come into your organization and tell you everything that you need to know. Um, because I just think that is, you know, your organization best, you know, your issues best. Um, and so I really didn't like the idea of being brought in as an expert. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I am an expert in many things, mostly writing, right? So what I wanted to do was be uh, a resource to organizations for my writing skills and for my ability to help them shape their messaging and their framing of their issues, but not to come in and tell them what to do and how to do it and where to put it. Uh, oh, that's so smart. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it, for me, it's a better fit with my personality and my values to be to, to market myself as a writer versus a consultant. Got it. So, okay. So that makes a little, that makes me feel a little less overwhelmed because I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, she's doing this job and another job and she's doing a podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I have one job. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There we go. Okay. So we've made it um, back around then to the Lou and Bean podcast. So yeah. I'm assuming Lou and Bean is what you call your girls. Yep. Adeline Louise and Maxine Beanie turned into oh, Lou and Bean. Cute. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. So what we, um, I'm a, I'm a pretty big reader and I always have been, but when I had kids, I'm sure most parents out there can relate that you lose some things that you love. Yes. <laughs> and I really lost my reading time. I found, mm -hmm. you know, first you lose a lot of stuff and then you start gaining stuff back. But one of the hardest things to gain back was my reading time. And, um, I was, obviously sharing books with my kids because I love books, but we would just go to the library and pick out whatever random books we could find on the shelves in the kids section, like whatever sparked their interest, which is a good strat. I mean, I, I think that's a good thing to do, mm -hmm. but we were reading books where I was like, I hate these books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure most parents can relate. There's a lot of <laughs> subpar books yes. out there yes and just randomly choosing books off the shelf is not the greatest strategy so what I started doing was really researching kids books and trying to find books that I would enjoy and that they would enjoy to mix in with the other things that they just picked off the shelf mm -hmm. and I found when I did that I was like I was kind of surprised I was opened up to this whole world of literature that I hadn't been exposed to before um, because there's so many kids books out there that yes. are blow your mind. Amazing. Just as good as the best novel you've read. Excellent, excellent writing and really difficult writing because they have 32 pages to work with. Right. Um, that, so that's a good point. Yeah. I was just kind of like, wow, there's this whole world of literature out there that I haven't been exposed to. And I thought there were probably a lot of parents that were in that same boat. Um, and then I'm, you know, I'm a big podcast listener mm -hmm. and we were trying to find kids podcasts that would hold attention of four and six year olds, mm -hmm. um, three and five year olds at that point. And we were really struggling. There's a few story podcasts out there, but there's just, um, an inconsistency in how often they're published and there's not a lot of new content. And so we're, I, I was sitting around one day and I was like, man, someone should really create a better story podcast. <laughs> and then I was like, hmm, hmm. I kind of know how to do websites and I know how to write and I know how to basically work a computer. So maybe I could do that. 
Um, so yeah, so we started a blog on kids books um, where we share high quality books that we really love. And then our podcast, which is now we're trying to do weekly, um, we invite authors on and they read their books and then the girls interview them. That is so much fun. Yeah, it's really fun. And as I mentioned, it gets kind of crazy with having small children be podcasters. Yes. Um, but it's it's hilarious. And Well, I would guess it's something that they're used to, though, as children's book authors. I'm sure as they travel around and do readings, they get asked all kinds of questions. <laughs> That's right. I, I kind of feel like they expect a little bit more professionalness from a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> but I started putting in my emails to them, like my prep emails, um, you need to bring your patience because right. you're dealing with small children here. <laughs> right, exactly. Good good caveat there. So um, of the people that you've interviewed so far, who has been your favorite? Or if, if the author wasn't your favorite, which book was your favorite? Um, you know what? We have had some really fun books. Um, we just went to the Minnesota Children's Book Festival where we got to interview five different books or five different authors. Um, and that was a really fun experience because most of the authors that are from our state were there and that had a new book this year. So we got to interview Michael Hall, who is a pretty, pretty well-known children's book author. And he shared his new book that we hadn't even read yet, which is called Wonderfall. And it's a, it's a fall themed book. So it's really perfect for, if you're looking for a new book for fall this year, that is a great book to share with your kids. And say the title again one more time. It's called Wonderfall. Oh, Wonderfall. Okay, yep. Like cool. Wonderful, but he mm -hmm. made it a fall theme. Yeah. Very nice. And then we just, last week, it was so fun. We did a, a interview with a pop-up book author. So he wrote a pop-up book and then he showed us how, or he sort of walked us through how you make a pop-up book, oh, which it turns out you do by hand. And even oh, when they're wow. mass produced, wow. every single fold and tape and glue, whatever they do to make, put it together is done by hand. <laughs> Which that, I had no idea. That's uh, impressive. It's impressive, and it's uh, highly expensive. So he was running a Kickstarter to fund his next book. Um, so it's called What a Mess. You can find that on our on our blog, too. But it's super, super amazing how far. He has this um, one spread where you open up the pop-up book, and this mountain of toys and mess comes like <laughs> literally exploding out of the book and it's like a foot tall it's amazing oh my gosh that sounds fun it is oh my gosh so um then i guess when who has been your girls favorites do, do they is there oh yeah that they have they um uh, well they love them all and they think that they're all best friends with all the authors <laughs> and they ask me like oh when's you know when's michael hall gonna come over <laughs> He just gonna come hang out with us yeah he is not your friend he is now your business colleague <laughs> um but they loved 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 this this author named mikey bondock and he actually had a self-published book he wrote called radimus platypus uh which is a book about a surfing platypus and he was so hilarious. He came on our podcast and he was just smitten with the girls and they were smitten with him. And the whole Aww. episode is just them giggling at each other, basically. Oh, that's so cute. It's really fun. <laughs> that is so cute. All right. So um, now your girls, um, 
are in school, so mm-hmm. working from home, you get what about six hours? Or I get long? well, I get eight because we actually have a nanny share. So we have a nice. nanny that so before and after school, they're with the nanny with other kids from our neighborhood. Very nice. That's yeah, it a works really well. Plan. Yep. <laughs> I have a part-time nanny, but it's not a nanny share, so. Um, but most of the kids from the neighborhood wind up here anyway, so <laughs> probably should be a nanny share. So, yeah, exactly. They should be paying you a little bit. Exactly. So where do you find then, um, where do you have the biggest struggles in your daily juggle? What's the toughest part of day? Or I don't know if there's a toughest part of day, but I really struggle with getting overwhelmed. I get like way overwhelmed, especially now that I'm doing this extra sort of, I mean, you know that blogging and podcasting is quite a lot of work. Right. Um, so that's like a second part-time job in addition right. to my existing work. So I and which I, you know, which is fun and I'm doing it to be with the girls and, and that's a great thing for us. But um, I have found that I really had to create some structure for myself to not get overwhelmed because I was like having trouble sleeping. I would go to bed and I'd be exhausted and I'd just be laying there worrying about all the things that I didn't do that day. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if you have heard, I think you may have heard of this woman called named Jillian Perkins. Um, She wrote a book called sorted. Yep. We interviewed her. Did you? Yep. She, I, that book was really helpful to me. I read it um, on one day when I was kid free and it, I just started immediately implementing it. Um, so what it basically the structure is phase one, you kind of write down all the things that you need to do every single day, um, or every single week. And then you really plot them on a calendar and say, okay, here is when I'm going to do those things. Um, so I have created a weekly schedule for myself where I say, I'm going to clean the bathrooms on Tuesdays and I'm going to clean the kitchens on Wednesdays. Um, and then the whole thing is you have to really stick to it. Right. And that's the challenge for me. I could sit down and make a calendar, but it's actually sticking to it. And (laughs) right. Well, I kind of made it like a to-do list. Uh So it's there with things that I know I'm going to do anyways, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, like post to social media and write my blog posts. Um, but I really want all those things to be crossed off my list at the end of the day. Um, and I've, I'm not a super mom. I am not a super organized person. So I, right place. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it just, you know, sometimes things just click and this just clicked with me where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to dust on Mondays and I did it and it feels great. (laughs) Um, which then the nice thing is, is because I think for me, cleaning is the part I get most overwhelmed with. Me too. And I hate it and I am not good at it and I never feel like it's done. Um, but this way I just kind of feel like there's a base level of cleanliness in my house. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's ever totally clean, but it's also never disgusting. (laughs) Right. And that's important. (laughs) It is important because that's when I get overwhelmed where I'm like, okay, I can't be in this house for one more second until I spend six hours cleaning. And, you know, it, I found a website, and now I can't remember what it was called, Just Mommies, or I can't remember. I'll have to look it up and put it in the show notes. But they actually have a pre, a monthly plan um, with daily activities so that you don't get overwhelmed with the housework. And mm-hmm. it does. It lays it out every Monday. You do a load of laundry. Every Tuesday, you clean the bathroom. Every Wednesday, you do this. And then once a month, it'll give you the big things like, once a month on this particular Friday, we're going to clean all the baseboards in the house or something like right. that. 
Do you know and, that I've um, also started assigning tasks to my kids and cleaning the baseboards is one of the things I assign to them. That's awesome. And it's something that's so literally at their level. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm not trying to get down there on my knees. <laughs> clean, I know. Clean the baseboards, but they love it. But like everything else, I had the schedule up, but it was just one of those things where I had a really difficult time with implementation. Well, I, I think too, it's like a matter of choosing the the things you have to get done. Like, yeah. you know, cleaning the gutters is not going to be on my task list. It, but the main things that have to happen each week before the house falls apart are now on my list and it's working for me. And I read Marie Kondo's book last year, um, which is a similar sort of structure, but it, it's a similar concept, but it didn't have the same structure that Sorted had. And I think that's what made a difference for me. It was like, Here's exactly what you need to do. Try it for a month. See if it works. And it, and it did work for me. And then phase two is purging, which is so oh, fun. Yes. I, I love to purge my kids' stuff. Not, not mine as much, but... <laughs> I love to purge my kids' stuff, but it's harder to get them to agree to it. Right. But I just purged my closet last weekend, and I have no clothes left because I didn't like anything that yeah. I had. And I kind of realized how like long I've been just limping along with old like Target t-shirts that I <laughs> got after mater- you know, after I lost my baby weight or whatever. But um, yeah, I, it feels good. Like everything in my closet now is something that I would enjoy wearing. Oh, that's nice. But I have to wear it really frequently because there's nothing left. Oh my gosh. I don't know what to do about that because I know there's a lot of stuff that I should get rid of in my closet, but it never fails. If I, as soon as I get rid of something, I'm like, I never wear it. I'll never need it. It's like, all of a sudden I need a plain black t-shirt for something. I know. <laughs> it's like, well, those uh, things I don't get rid of because unless they don't fit, right? you can always use a plain black t-shirt. True, true, true. Or, but there were some dresses in my closet that I got before I even got married. <laughs> You're like, I am never going to wear these. Well, not only that, they're never going to fit again. Oh, so. well, there's that too. <laughs> so I, I kind of had to let go of that dream. I did get rid of a lot of clothes that were way too small, except for there is one pair of pants that I am holding on to that one day I will fit in again. I just know it, right? That's great. That's an aspiration. And I didn't get rid of, so I had one dress that I wore to my rehearsal dinner and it is tiny and <laughs> I put it in the closet. I did not get rid of it because I was like, hey, you never know. You never know. It's a good, good, um, good goal for ourselves <laughs> to get back into our pre But I don't need to look day. at it every day, right? No, no, exactly. Okay, so um, other than uh, the book sorted, do you have other things that have helped you kind of manage the craziness, well, you already mentioned that you have a nanny share, which I think is really yes. important. Child care is so important when you're trying to work from home. <laughs> it is. And we have a wonderful nanny, and she's been with us for many years, and she is uh, an adult, which oh, <laughs> I think, good. you know, like she's not she's not trying to move on to a new thing. She's, right. This is her career, and this is what she loves to do, so that makes it really easy. Um, I was trying to think, you know, I was thinking back to what I would have said if you had asked me this question three years ago when I was like in the thick of having babies and toddlers. And mm-hmm. I thought, I think I would have been more immersed in resources because, right. you know, like I was reading the sleep easy solution to make right. my daughter sleep. And I was using Weelicious for recipes because my toddlers wouldn't eat, <laughs> but we kind of moved into a new phase. I anyway, mean, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like we've moved into a new phase where we're not, we're not struggling with things as much other than just being busy. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I don't, my most favorite resource, and it's a super obvious one, is Amazon Prime. <laughs> because <laughs> I have a membership and in Minneapolis, and I'm sure other places around the country, not only will they deliver everything you order in two days, now I can order restaurant food for free. Really? Yes. And wine for free. What? I don't yeah. think that's reached South Carolina yet, or I'm sure I would know about it. <laughs> I will be, so, as soon as we get off of this podcast, I will be on my Amazon Prime. See, It was kind of hard to fi- find, but I had seen an article about it in the newspaper, and then I sort of like dug around till I could find it. But my husband was out of town two weeks ago, and I was like, I need a glass of wine. Send wine now. Yes. So I went on Amazon. I found this local liquor store that now delivers through Prime, brought, within two hours for free, brought three bottles of wine to my house. I mean, obviously, you had to pay for the wine. Well, I had to pay for the wine, but I didn't have to pay for the delivery. You be careful when you say for free. Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, free delivery. Yeah, they brought it to my house. I left a tip for the driver, obviously, but it was free delivery, and I didn't drink all three wine, bottles of wine by myself. Good to not, know. At least not that night. I'm, I'm with you, girl. But I did have a glass of wine by myself, and it was lovely that I didn't have to go to the liquor store with my girls. Yes, yes, that is fantastic because who wants to do that? I will say, so by the time this airs, uh, Hurricane Matthew will be long past us and hopefully we'll all still be standing. Um, But we went to the grocery store to do our hurricane prep today. And I will say that one of the things that I'm, I forgot to get milk, but I do have a ginormous (laughs) bottle of wine. (laughs) Yes. You know what? Put it on your cereal. You'll be fine. That's right. We have some, (laughs) we have some shelf almond milk. They'll survive. If we get that bad, we will make do. (laughs) Milk is very optional in our household. (laughs) But But wine is not. Wine is not. No, the kids eat a lot of cereal. So we go through a lot of milk. I can't believe I forgot it. But you know, three kids, grocery store, end of end of world, you know, shopping happening. And (laughs) so what exactly happens then if like, are you eventually evacuated or will you just stay there well i live um 100 miles inland i'm in columbia in the state capital so basically what's happening happening with us right now is that they had to close all of our schools because it's it was looking so bad for the coast that the um the governor declared an emergency and declared uh and and it basically uh required a mandatory evacuation so they've taken our school buses and they've taken our schools um they're using the school buses to get people out who can't oh. travel and then they're using our schools red crosses setting up emergency shelters for all I the see. people that are being forced to evacuate so i mean nothing major is happening here although i will say when hurricane hugo hit us in 1989 the storms in columbia even this far inland were horrific i mean we had microbursts and many tornadoes people had Mm. trees in their houses Um, Mm -hmm. we were out of electricity for three or four days water was messed up i mean so yeah even being this far inland if a if a hurricane of that magnitude if it is still a four when it hits us which I've seen projected to be down to a two, which is still pretty bad winds. But Mm -hmm. yeah, mostly we're impacted now because of all of the evacuations. I see. So that's what happens to us here for blizzards. Well, obviously not evacuations, but we'll have, or in temperatures actually, we'll have. (laughs) So in Minneapolis, in order to declare, um, to close schools for the day, I think the wind chill has to start at like 6 a.m. at negative 30. Woo! (laughs) Yeah. 
But like several times a year, we'll have a, a cold day where the, the wind chills are so cold that we just can't get to school. Yeah, that's kind of funny because last year, um, snow was just projected and they canceled school for us the next day. <laughs> it didn't snow. The kids had a day off and no snow. But because it's so, we just don't have the equipment and we don't right. have, it's a, it's a safety issue. And not only that, when it gets that cold, well, we have... Um, a high poverty level here and there's kids standing out waiting for the buses with no coats in 16 exactly. degree weather so it's a right. safety issue for them that's exactly it why. but here we have to like negative 20 the kids without the jackets are still standing on the yeah. corner oh, oh my gosh <laughs> but hopefully there are a few hopefully that is not a, a real actual thing that people don't have winter jackets in minnesota i hope not oh my gosh but you never know i mean like when parents are working kids don't put on their mittens or right. you know things right. like that exactly yeah. it may not necessarily even be a poverty issue as much right. as it is a <laughs> mom yeah. left at six and child and left at 6 30 with a sweatshirt and no jack and no uh, exactly <laughs> and we and my kids walk to school mm-hmm. um so like i can remember a day last year where we i think we had probably like at least 12 inches of snow overnight maybe more and they didn't call it off oh my gosh. so we're like <laughs> you know in our snow suits like trudging <laughs> to school boots up to our knees oh my gosh it's always kind of fun when that happens though yeah, a little bit. For, for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand for you. Like, no one knows how to drive in snow no, where you live, so that would trouble. be a nightmare. But well, <laughs> and, and, and the bigger issue that we have is, like, a, a couple years ago when it snowed, so it, it gets warm during the day and it melts, and then at night it freezes. So we literally had, like, a snow ice skating rink yeah. at, all over the place because it was – than just this sheet of ice everywhere. So that's not good. No, that's not good. (laughs) That's no one knows how to drive in that. No. So, (laughs) all right. Well, we went way off topic, but that was fun. I love the conversation. (laughs) So this is a new question that I just started asking and people may think it's kind of strange, but I like to talk about the important things in life and motherhood. Mm -hmm. So I've started asking what is on your mind as a mom? Like what is... What's worrying you right now? I want to I want to be in tune with what's worrying moms and maybe figure out how we can help moms with that. <laughs> I have two answers to this, and one is very personal and one is more like societal. So, I am with my own daughters, uh, my main concern is their sort of social skills. Mm. Um, and I have two very different daughters. Um one of them is very introverted mm-hmm. and she kind of struggles socially not because she doesn't like people and they don't like her but she her into her intuitive behavior is just to like be by herself and color and draw that is um, my 6 year old oh yeah <laughs> so i worry about her all the time like is she going to make friends and uh-huh. what happens if she, i mean right now it doesn't matter she's in first grade right but what happens in fourth grade, right, you know, right. um, will she have those social connections to really support her when she, as she gets older or is she going to be left behind, you know? Um, and then my other daughter is the opposite where she is the extrovert. <laughs> she wants to be friends with everyone. She wants to be in charge. And I see her <laughs> tending to sometimes be a little mean. Uh-huh. Um, and she's the one that's, you know, I'm going to get the calls from the teachers. I have gotten the calls from the teachers. Um, so, I just have this, like, and I try to talk to them, like, about each other, you know, and use them as examples. Like, you see how mean kids affect your sister. So you need to remember that and know how that makes you feel Mm -hmm. and make sure you're not doing that to other people. 
And then you see how this your sister makes a lot of friends and you like that and you want that for yourself. So you need to like learn from her what she's doing to make connections with people. So that's my only strategy to deal with this. I really have not found good resources on how to really like manage like because my daughter who's introverted she, it's really a matter of her her disinterest yeah. it's not her confidence yeah. it's not yeah. shyness and I don't know what to, I don't know how to help her with that maybe there's maybe she's just okay and I just have to be okay with that you know it's funny because that's that's exactly what I'm going through with my six-year-old she has no problems making friends she has a, a good little group of friends but she would much rather just be home and like we've tried we've tried girl scouts we've tried dance we've tried all these different things and she just she's quitting all of them and i'm i am torn on that because i'm like should i allow her to quit but then i think when i was her age i was i'm an introvert and i i Mm -hmm. i I remember how much torture things like summer camp and and ballet class and those types of things were for me too because it just wasn't something i wanted to wanted to be doing so I know and I so that's and I think part of a lot of all these parenting struggles are our own projections yes exactly. so I'm an introvert and I saw I have felt the exact same way and I don't want her to grow up and feel like social anxiety doing basic things right exactly (laughs) and I fear for that but I also see that she is confident Mm -hmm. and maybe if I just let her do her thing and don't project my own insecurities on her she'll be totally fine that's so funny I had that exact conversation with somebody the other day about how we are the ones who are projecting half of what we think is wrong with our kids (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's absolutely true and I I have to check myself on that all the time Mm -hmm. for a lot of issues Mm -hmm. so the other thing I'm really worried about right now um and I think a lot of parents are, is um, gun safety in particular related to our school. It is an all-consuming worry for me. I I think about it every day when I drop my kids off. Um, That picture of that boy in Mm. South Carolina who died last week will haunt me forever. Um, And those parents. Um, It's just heartbreaking, and I feel like most of us feel pretty... um, pretty hope not hopeless I don't feel hopeless about it I feel helpless yes I know um I feel like I don't know what to do so last week what I actually did as soon as I thought saw that I'm like I'm gonna take action because I'm not gonna be okay if this ever happened god forbid where my kids were and I didn't do anything I will not forget myself right so I started researching, like I made a donation to every town for gun safety mm-hmm. and I started, re- you know, there's Moms Demand Action and I signed up for a couple of lists. So I'll have some strategies. Hopefully they'll be connecting me with strategies for how I can actually do something to, Absolutely. to I, help. I am a member of Moms Demand Action um, as well. And I've done some things here. It's it's real hard in, in this neck of the woods because, uh yeah. People can't seem to understand that there's there is a lot of middle ground, and you don't yeah. have to be pro gun safety and smart, you know, and 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 still demand that everyone give up their guns. Like it's that's not you know there's there's middle ground. There's plenty of room for improvement. I mean, it just it always blows my mind that it's harder to get a driver's license than it is to get a gun in most states. It's it's crazy, and I totally agree with. 
with you. Almost every issue, if we would talk about the things we agree on okay. instead of the things that make us really angry. Exactly. <laughs> we could make so much progress. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think I don't think there's many people who think that we should take away everybody's guns, no, right? Like I, that's not that's, – but that's for some extreme. reason, that's where this <laughs> – discussion yeah, exactly. has ended up exactly. and it's not helpful no it's not but we gotta find some room in the gray room we, gray we have to i mean i don't understand how many more children can be and that was like the 137th school shooting in the past mm. two years or something insane like that i mean it's just yeah at some point we gotta we gotta say this is not okay it's not okay yeah and that 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 incident, um, that horrible tragedy in South Carolina happened the same day that my daughter's school did their drills, and you know, it I must was... have been a drill day because oh. everybody was doing drills. That is just kind of freaky. It's so scary, and especially because you know that a drill could not have saved that boy. Exactly. You know, so yeah. we there's got to be a, there's got to be something that we can do to to make schools safer for our kids. Yeah, I agree. And I know by and large they are safe for our kids, and our teachers are doing an outstanding yes, job. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, but <laughs> but still, it's really scary as a parent. It is. Well, let's switch gears entirely from um, doom and gloom to <laughs> taking care of ourselves as moms. And yeah, um, what is what is the one thing you like to do to make sure that you get self care and me time in your day or week or month or how often? So, a couple things that I have now put on my list since I read sorted <laughs> is some me time things. So I try to to make sure that I'm reading every day me too at least five minutes and my favorite thing to do if I have more time is to either depending on the time of day curl up with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine in a book <laughs> and read something that I enjoy reading mm -hmm. um, and I'm also trying to read every day five minutes of either a business book that I think will help me develop my business skills or a personal development book mm -hmm. um, so I just sort of like slowly move through those two as I as I schedule time for that and then I have started although it is a very painful practice for me I have started um meditating yeah. I use this app called cat uh what is it called calm and it is I, I have a membership I can't remember how much it costs I think it was like $30 for a year and bad. there's a lot of meditations on there and I'm just I'm just like saying 10 minutes a day before I start work. It's part of my work day now. I start by meditating and reading a little bit um, just to make space for me to, like I said, like calm my overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And then I make a list for what I'm going to do for the day. And I start out with a plan. And it's really, I have to say, it has really made a difference in my amount of stress and anxiety to just schedule those 10 minutes every day 10 to 15 minutes every day that sounds like a really good idea I think I'm going to add that because I've been thinking a lot about it and I've actually been collecting meditation resources but I haven't done much with them lately but I've been feeling like this panic rising in me lately so I'm like yeah. okay I need something to just calm me down <laughs> bring me back I agree <laughs> yep it's um and it's I love the I've tried a couple different apps but I love calm because the first of all it's a woman's voice and she's very soothing mm -hmm. but second of all she 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 breaks in every once in a while and says you know bring yourself back to your meditation and don't judge yourself if you were thinking about something else and 
almost always I was thinking about something else because I'm not very good at it yet. Yeah. But I just, it's, she doesn't make it like a stressful thing. She, it's this whole process of learning how to be mindful mm-hmm. that I think is really helpful. And it's not about being perfect. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, this has been fun and definitely um, all over the place, but I enjoy that kind of conversation. <laughs> so, um, and where can people find your what? What's your website and um, and podcast information? So they can find us at uh, Lou, which is L U Lou and Beanread dot com, and all of our the books we recommend and our podcasts are all there. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you and have a fantastic day. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on the Lose the Cape podcast. If you enjoy our show, we would love it if you would hop on over to iTunes or Stitcher or both and leave us a review and follow us. That would be amazing. If you want to reach any of um, the information that we talked about today, including um, the links to eating clean, cooking dirty, and anything that uh, Tracy and I talked about, please head on over to losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 49. Have a great day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.